You are listening to a message from Life City Church Houston. For more information about our church, visit our website at lifecitychurchhouston.org. And now with you, today's message. And while you're looking for that, I want to thank you for your prayers. Uh, some of you might have known, some of you may not, but uh, my dad was in a life-threatening uh, situation at the hospital in Baton Rouge, and since uh, Monday early morning, we ended up taking off over there. He had a bad infection, and um, they didn't think he was going to make it. And uh, today he's in a normal room and out of harm's way, and uh, on his road back to recovery, he had been in dialysis. His kidneys had not been working, and he had internal bleeding uh, from the operation. They didn't know where all that was coming from, and it was just a mess. But uh, God loves to show himself off in all of our messes. And so uh, I'm thankful today that uh, he's well. And uh, this week I'll be going to Baton Rouge to see him. But we have an assignment today. And that's to teach and to preach the word of God. And I'm so glad that you're here. John chapter 11, uh, verse 38 through 40 is what I'm going to read. And we're all familiar with the story about um, Lazarus and his resurrection from the dead. And, um, but there's something that I found here that I believe is very important to us because all of us have a Lazarus that we know. And with what I'm going to share with, what I'm going to share with you today is we know of somebody that maybe we've already given up on. We know of somebody that we've tried and tried and it's like, you know what, I'm done, it's over. You know, you don't want to change. You don't want to listen. You don't want, you know, then, you know, I'm done. Has anybody ever been there? I've been there many times, and I'm a pastor. I've had people come to counseling sessions, and we've been trying to help this couple out, and that couple out, they come, whatever. And then there comes a time when it's like, man, you guys just don't get it, do you? You don't want help, do you? Then do whatever you want to do. I'm tired. I'm done. We get to those points, and this is one of those moments that God teaches us they really don't want to be there. They just don't know how to get out. And so in the story, John chapter 11, verse 38, Jesus once more deeply moved came to the tomb. You know, it was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. And take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor. In other words, by this time he stinks. For he has been there four days. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? Did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? I'd like to speak for a few moments using this subject or having this topic, subject in mind. Don't leave me like this. Don't leave me like this. In chapter 11, Jesus comes to the city. And when he arrives, chapter 11 of John, verse 17, tells us the following. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been there in the tomb for four days. Lazarus already dead. Four days have gone by. And there are some things that we need to thank God for. You see, if God 
would have healed Lazarus, the people would have never known the power of resurrection that God has. And every so often, every now and then, you and I need to give God thanks. I don't like this either, but we need to give God thanks for the things that he's allowed us to go through that haven't been pleasant. Because it's been in those unpleasant moments of our lives that God has showed up and that God has shown himself real and powerful, not only in your life, but to those that saw you in that situation. And every so often, we need to thank God for his permissive will. That if he would have not allowed us to go through that thing, we would have never known the power of God the way we know it now. And we need to thank God that sometimes these, these things, even though when we were in it, it didn't make sense. But now that we're out of it, we look back and we understand that everything works for our good. And that God has been doing something that would have not happened had he not allowed us to go through those things. And like I said, I don't like this either. I don't like going through hardships. I don't like going through unpleasant situations. But it is there where God shows himself off to me and to those around me. And this is the case where we are in the story. There's a bad situation here. Lazarus had died. And four days later, Jesus shows up. I'm in John chapter 11, verse 33 and 34. It says, when Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him, he asked. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And here is where we see something very interesting. Here is where we see the humanity of God, of Jesus, override the divinity of Jesus. Because he is man and he is God. What are you saying, pastor? For the first time here, we see that Jesus wept. The human part of him begins to cry. The human part of him begins to shed tears. The human part of him begins to feel trouble and compassion as he sees what's going on. As he sees the hurt on Martha and he sees the hurt on Mary, Lazarus' sisters. He begins to see the hurt of all the people that are there. And he himself begins to cry. I want you to know and understand, please... That God is not ignorant to the pains and God is not ignorant to your situations. God is not ignorant to the troubles and to all the drama that you're going through. That if it hurts you, it hurts God. If it makes you cry, it makes him cry. He is very, very aware of all the situations that you're going through. And the Bible says that Jesus wept in verse 35. He wept. And I'm not speaking to everyone here. I'm speaking to those who have had dark seasons and dark moments and periods in your life that you've seen somebody that you've loved all of a sudden walk the pathway of, of hurt and the pathway that should not be something that they should be involved in. I'm talking to somebody that's hurting because your marriage or, or your home or your children are going through a way or walking or living a lifestyle that hurts you, that has grieved you so much. This is what's going on in this story in the the Bible says that Jesus wept. But I have, I have a question for you. How many tears have, has Jesus shed for you? How, how many tears has Jesus shed for someone that you love that's going and walking the wrong path? How, how many tears has Jesus shed uh, uh, because of the state you find yourself in spiritually or even in your home? How, how, many, how many tears has Jesus shed for, for your marriage and for your children, for your relationships, for your spiritual state and, and for, for 
the area of your life that has been wounded and has been hurt, Jesus understands what we go through. Jesus wept, and after he cries, the Bible says in verse 38, Jesus once more, once more, deeply moved, came to the tomb. You know, I, I think it's fair to say that it doesn't matter how strong we are in our Christian faith, how strong we are maybe in prayer. I think it's fair to say that when we have been hurt severely, when something in our life has happened that has wounded us and caused deep pain, I think we must be honest with ourselves that it's very hard, no matter how spiritual you think you are, to compress your feelings. Your feelings are going to come out. Sometimes they'll come in frustration. Sometimes they'll come out in anger. Sometimes they'll come out and you weep. And the first time Jesus wept, he saw what was going on. He's trying to assess the problem. And he begins to cry. But now he's coming close to the cemetery. And as he gets closer, the Bible says that once more deeply moved. Once more, I already saw the effect that this death has had on, on, on his sisters and, and how it's had on his friends. And definitely the Bible says, because they're the ones that said the friend whom you love is sick. And now I see the effect that it has in me as I see one of my best friends that, that he's dying or that has died. But, but this time, listen closely, Jesus does not only have compassion and does not only weep and does not only come towards the grave this time he has a plan he this time he's coming to do something about it and that may not mean nothing to you but but I've come to tell somebody today that, that if all you've been doing is crying then it hasn't hurt you enough let me say that again if all you have been doing is crying over that situation then it really hasn't hurt you enough if all you're doing is giving excuses then then that situation hasn't impacted you enough because there has to be something that stirs your spirit up that says I cannot sit here with my legs crossed and my arms crossed without doing nothing there's something that God can do and God can show me that I can do for this situation you can't just sit there. The Bible says in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 and 4, that there were four men that had, had leprosy and, and they were sitting outside the city. Let me take you to their neighborhood. It's found in 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3 and 4. It says this, now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, look, look, guy, why stay here until we die? Okay, why stay here? Number one, we have leprosy. Nobody's going to get close to us. On the contrary, if anybody sees us, they're going to stone us to death. Okay, but, but, but we're starving and we're hungry. He says, so, so why are we going to stay here until we die? If we say we will go into the city, the famine is there and we will die. And if we stay here, we will die. So they said, so let's go over to the camp of the Armenians and let's surrender. If they spare us, we live. And if they kill us, we die. In other words, we have nothing to lose here. If we stay here, we're going to die. If we go in there, we can die. So, so why don't we just make up our minds and do something? 
In other words, what they were going to say, what they're saying is, the, is this. Look, if we're going to die, let them say that we died trying. If we're going to die, let them say that we died fighting. If we're going to die, let them say I died believing. And if I'm going to die, let them say of me that, that I died at least praising God. In other words, you can't just sit there and cry. There comes a moment where you cry. There comes a moment where you grieve. There comes a moment where you shed tears. But then there has to come a moment when you clean your tears and you shake your head and you put your shoulders back and say, there's something that I can do that God can show me to get out of this situation or to help in the situation. You, you got to do that. You've got to learn that there's a time to cry, the Bible says, but there's a time to stop crying. There's a time to tear down, but there's a time to be rebuilt. And there comes a moment in life where after you've cried and you've assessed the whole situation that you've got to say, okay, enough is enough. I can do something about this. I can change something in this situation. I can be part of the answer and the solution to what's going on. And that's what Jesus was doing. Jesus was trying to show that to Martha. Martha was saying, look, you know, he's been there four days. Jesus says, I've already cried. But I've got something in mind that I want to do. And I need for you to cooperate. The Bible says I'm still in John 11, 38, verse 30, and 38 and 39. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. Take away the stone, he said. And it's the moment where you have to act and believe that God can use you and that you could be an answer to that situation. You, you have to understand that you can be an answer to someone's prayer. That you could be the answer to someone's cry. Someone said this. He said, I have given God many prayers, but I have never seen a prayer answered until I got up from my knees and started moving in the direction that I was praying for. Hello. I've never seen an answered prayer until I got up from my knees and started walking towards what I was praying for. And I understand that you have your moment of prayer. I understand that you have your moment of intercession. I understand that you've shed your tears and you've cried out to God. But there comes a moment where God says, you have my DNA in you. And because you have my DNA in you, because I've saved you, because I've transformed you, because you are my son and you are my daughter, you're not one to be sitting still. You're not one to just be there quiet and silent. There is something in you that will drive you to move towards that situation and believe God that you can be an answer to that need. You see, we all have a Lazarus. We all have one. You know of one. And you're probably trying to forget that Lazarus because I, there's many Lazaruses that I've had that I've tried to forget. But you've had them. You've tried to deal with them. You've tried to help them. You've extended your hand. You've lent them, lent them money. You've bailed them out of their situation. You tried counseling with them. You've already told them that that was going to happen and it happened. And you told them if you do this, you're going to mess up. And they messed up. And there comes a point where you just say, I'm done. I don't know what else to do. And that was where Martha is. Because, you see, Lazarus' sisters were the one 
that set the original message to Jesus by saying, hey, Lord, the one you love is sick. Come bring healing. Come, come pray for him. Come touch him. What's interesting is when you read the, all the story, even the Pharisees and some of the friends that were there were saying, hey, why is Jesus showing up four days later? Couldn't Jesus, who opens the eyes of the blind, couldn't he have healed Lazarus and prevent him from dying? And in verse 39, Martha responds to Jesus' attempt to do something in this fashion. Jesus says, take away the stone, he said, verse 39 of John 11. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time... There is a bad odor, for, for he has been there four days. And, and maybe to you this doesn't have much significance. Let me see if I can bring some to you. Why would she say that? Why would she say, don't bother? Why would she say, don't, don't, don't even move the stone? He, he's been there for four days. The dude stinks. Why would she say that? I mean, think about it. Whenever Jesus was in Bethany, that's where he would stay at their house. You don't think that Jesus would go to their house and they'd have, the Bible says they would have food for him. and He'd eat there and sleep there. You don't think that they would ask Jesus, Jesus, uh, 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 talk to us today of what happened. You don't think he shared all these healing stories with them? Oh, there was a blind man on the right side of the road today on my way over here, as a matter of fact, Martha. And, and, and he was just shouting, son of David. And so what did you do, Jesus? I, I just stopped. Everybody was telling him to be quiet, right? I never heard anybody so loud. That guy just kept shouting and shouting. Anyway, the thing is, I, I, I was able to help him out. You did? Yeah, I just restored his eyes. Oh. And then further down, there was a lady that stopped me on the way while I was going to the centurion's house because his daughter was sick, and, and she pulls my, my robe. Really? Yeah, she had this issue of blood. And so, I mean, but when she touched me, I felt the power of God come out there, and the next thing I knew, she was made whole. You don't think they heard all these miracle stories about Jesus? So why would she then doubt when Jesus says, move the stone, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm glad you came and gave your respects, but come on now. You're going a little bit too far. He's been there four days. The dude stinks. I don't want to deal with it. And I think the reason why she doubted that, because it gives us a perspective that sometimes we feel that way when things do not go our way and when God doesn't answer the way we want him to answer, because God will always answer. The thing is that we want him to always answer the way we want. We want God's answer to always be yes. And sometimes God says no. Hello? Sometimes God says not yet. But we want God to say yes. Oh, yeah, sure. Definitely. Of course you're my son. Go for it. Sometimes God says no. And you're praying, God, answer me. I did. I said no. God, I want this job. I need for you to answer. I did. I didn't give it to you. That's not the one I have for you. Hello? Huh? 
And we don't understand God's ways at times. And because we have those bad experiences, sometimes when God wants to do something in another problem, we say, oh, no, I don't want another deception. I don't want to be hurt again. The last time it didn't come out right. So I know, Jesus, you want to, I, I know, I know, you're the son of God. I know, I know, but let's just keep it like that. Okay? I've been hurt too many times. And the last thing I want you to do, number one, is to pull that, trust me, you don't want to move that rock. He stinks. He stinks. In other words, what, what, what she was saying is, is for us, this situation is over. For us, it's a dead issue. For us, we've already buried this. It's done. And I don't know about you, but I have had that same reaction in my life with people, like I said, that you want to help, people that you love and people that you care for, but, but it's somehow it seems like, like they don't get it, and, and so there comes to a point where you say, it's done. If you're going to talk to me about that issue, don't even talk to me. It's a closed case. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to mention it. It's over. I've already washed my hands on it. But I've come to tell you, do you think the alcoholic really wants to be an alcoholic? Do you think the dope addict really wants to live where he's at in a crack house than live the way he's living? Do you think they enjoy being in that situation? If you could really deep down go into the real feelings that say, help me, get me out of here, please don't leave me this way. They just can't. They're so bound with the drugs. They're so bound with the alcohol. You think the homeless wants to be out there? Sometimes, because we're faced with it, it's a family member, it's a friend, it's a spouse, a husband, it's a wife. It's, it comes to a point where we say, I've drawn the line, it's done. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear him. I don't want to see him. I, it's done. It's over. I've done everything that I could. Don't look at me. I mean, don't look at the person next to you. Just, just look at me. Because I know you have a Lazarus somewhere. That Lazarus could be your own marriage. You're done. You're tired. I can't. I'm trying. It could be your children. And so when Jesus is coming to do something about it, she says, no, this is a done deal. I don't want to deal with this anymore. And, and, and to be honest with you, the, the stone was not the object of, the, the stone was not the problem. It was the stone of unbelief that was the problem. She had already lost faith. She had already lost hope. It wasn't the stone that was a problem. It was, it was, it was her unbelief that was the problem. So that's why when she says, no, 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 no. You don't want to move the stone. You move that stone, I've got to deal with the stench. I've got to deal with the stink. I've got to deal with that issue, and, I, and I, I'm done. That's why Jesus answers her in verse 40 and says, then Jesus said, well, did I not tell you if, if you believe that you would see the glory of God? Did, didn't I tell you that if you could believe 
All things are possible for them that believe. Hello. Her problem was she has stopped believing. And that's a similar problem that we have, that there comes to a point where in certain things we stop believing. I don't think God could change him. I don't think God could deliver him. I don't think God could save him. I don't think God could turn him around. I don't think God could give him back his real senses. This dude is gone. They're over. It's over and out. I'm tired of this. Has anybody been there? Don't raise your hand because I'll be the first one to tell you. I've been there. It's not the problem. Look at yourself. And God, if God could do something in your life, don't you think he could still do it in somebody else's? Look how long it took for you to come to Christ. Look how long it took for you to hear sermon after sermon, invitation after invitation to come to church and you said, no, forget it. But there came a moment when somebody did not give up on you and kept insisting and kept praying and kept inviting. And look where you are now. God did a work in your life. But, but, but I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you because... She has every reason to doubt. The facts are there. Let me see if I can help you with this. The facts are there. But the truth is totally a different thing. The fact is, you were a drug addict. The fact is, you were an alcoholic. The fact is that you were a, a, a messed up and in the world. The fact, that was the fact. The truth is that he is able to deliver. He is able to save. He is able. And the truth will always overcome the facts. And she had reason to say he's going to stink because he's been dead for four days. He has every reason to say he stinks and keep the, the, the stone closed. She, she has every reason to, to say that. But, 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 but it was not necessarily, that wasn't the rock. It wasn't the stone. It was the doubt. She had stopped believing that there could be any hope for that. And I'm here to try and encourage somebody today. Don't lose hope on that individual. Don't lose hope on that spouse. Don't lose hope on that child. Don't lose hope on, 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 on your children. Don't lose hope on your health situation. Go. God is a God that can do the miraculous. If you could only believe, he said, you'll see the glory of God. And she had stopped believing. You see, doubt always sees obstacles. But, but faith always sees a way out. Doubt, doubt always sees the midnight hour. Faith always sees the midday where it's so bright. Doubt will always give you fear to take, to take a step forward, but, but faith will cause you to rise and, like wings of eagles and soar. De uh, doubt will, will always say, you can't. Faith will always say, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. And doubt will always try to remind you of your past. But faith will always remind you of your glorious future and the purposes that God has for your life. Doubt will ask, and so who is going to believe now? And faith will say, I still believe. I still trust. I still know that God is in control of this situation. So it wasn't much of the stone that was the obstacle it was it was her doubt that she didn't think anything else could 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 really happen for her it was a dead issue and I know there's some of you here today that maybe your faith has been weakened and 
your faith has been frustrated and, and your faith has been maybe even destroyed and crumbled down because of some intent to do something in the past and it failed. But those things have marked you and convinced you that maybe this situation and this present situation may not have a solution like the one you want to see. I like Jesus' attitude in spite of the doubt of Martha. That Jesus ignores what she's saying. That Jesus doesn't even pay attention to what she's trying to convince him to do. Don't even go there. You don't, don't even go there. Don't even go to the cemetery. Don't even go to that. Don't, you don't want to go there with me. Hello, somebody. And Jesus just ignores that. And sometimes you ought to be thankful to God that he did that to you. How many times have you told God not to do this and you told God don't even go. And, you, and God still just ignored you and did what he wanted to do. And now you're thankful that he did. Because if he would have listened to you, you'd be in a worse mess than you are now. If you would have listened to me, I wouldn't be here right now. But there's some times where God just says, just speak to the hand, okay? I'm going to do what I want to do and that's it. Y'all remember that when they would say, just speak to the hand? Oh, there's a few of you. Thank God I'm not as old as I thought I was. And so Jesus ignores those things. Because you got to understand that in, the, in physiology, everything that is created is going to decompose or rot. If it's steel, it's going to rust. If it's a body, when it dies, it will decompose and it will rot. Anything that is alive sooner or later is going to die. Are you listening? She knows that Lazarus has been there for four days. She knows that by this time, that body is decomposed and it's rotting away. There's no doubt. That when Lazarus was good, hello, that she loved him. There's no doubt that when Lazarus was doing all right, she had compassion for him. But that was then. Now I've got to deal with his stench. I've got to deal with his stink. I've got to deal with the aftermath of the issue. Hello, somebody. And I'm not up to putting up with that. I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I, she really, she, she, she didn't want to deal with the reality of his present condition. And I've got news for somebody that you ought to thank God that God did not move on behalf of your present condition because you don't even like your present condition. God moved on behalf of your future condition of what he sees that you're going to be and what he sees that you're going to do and what he sees that he's going to use you for. That's the reason why he did what he did. The Bible says that he loved us and gave his life for us while we were yet sinners. He wasn't looking at us. That on that state that that's where we were going to stay. He knew that you'd be here today. He knew that he'd change your life. He knew that he'd give you a different way to walk. He knew that he'd invade your privacy of what you didn't want him, but you're glad now that he did because you're living a new life in Jesus Christ. So 
she just doesn't want to deal with that. She, 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 she believed in, 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 in Christ and she believed in her brother when he was uh, alive and walking well. But, but now, um, see, I, I, I don't, I don't want to deal with the effects of that. He stinks. Let, let me see if I can explain this to you. And It's like this, like, look, I know that God can work. And I know that God can get him out of jail. Oh, hallelujah. Because God, if he did it for Peter, he can do it for him. Oh, let's pray for that. And God delivers him. And he said, okay, but he's not staying in my house. Hello? Huh? <laughs> oh, yes, let's pray for you, sister. God can bring him out. Hey, oh, God has the power here. And there's no doubt that God is going to answer. Uh, but he ain't staying in my house. Hello? That, that, that's, what, that, that's what Mary's trying, uh, Martha's trying to convey here. Look. <laughs> you, you move that. You, you move that stone. <laughs> yeah, you're the son of God. Yes, Lord. Ah, oh, yeah, move that. But I ain't dealing with that smell. I'm not dealing with that mess. Hello. And, 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 and you know, we say, "Oh, I know he's my brother. I love him, the bro. Oh, he's my bro. I, 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 my sis. Oh, yeah, I love her to death. Yes, and I know God has the power. Oh, yes, to deliver him from that addiction of drugs, ah, that addiction that has taken him over. Yes, I know God has the power. Yes, to deliver him from stealing from my mama's purse for those drugs. God has." power. How many of you know God has power? Amen. And he comes out of the crack house and where's he going to stay? He ain't staying in my house. I done paid too much for that TV. I, I done paid. We just don't want to oh, let God do but I'm not going to deal with that. And so a lot of times we leave many Lazaruses there. Because we stopped believing and we gave up. Oh, I'm preaching to myself. Trust me. Man, you think we're a good group and we are a good group. It's, it's growing and we still haven't even gone out public to put out Life City Church out there. But we've got a 930 service and i got another service after this one. And I'm telling you, I've been there where I've said, man, keep the rock, keep the stone, seal it. Put another stone. I don't want to deal with that mess. Because when they came the first time, it wasn't as tangled up. Now they're coming, and I told them, this is going to happen, 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 this is going to happen. Yeah, right. Now they're coming back, and that happened, that happened, that happened, that happened. And even what I didn't say happened. Keep the rock there. Don't want to deal with that issue. You, you've been there. You know what I'm talking about. And so what this story is all about is don't give up on that individual. I know, I know it's tough. I know it's hard. I know if you spent prayer, you spent money, you're still paying for that car. You're still paying for that debt. You're trying to clear your credit because of what you tried to do to help them out. It says, I, I don't want to deal with that. I, I'm going to just leave them there. And again, Jesus Ignores her feelings 
pays no attention because he wants to do a miracle. I said he wants to do a miracle. And you've got to understand that whenever they buried somebody in ancient Palestine, they would, they would like mummify, like Egyptian mummy. They would take about 90 pounds of linen and they would wrap them from head all the way down to their feet. Can you imagine the weight of that? 90 pounds? Some of us get tired just carrying our own weight. Can you imagine another 90 pounds? Let me pause there for a moment because there's some of you that have come to this place today with that weight. There's issues at home. There's issues with the family. There's issues with your spouse. There's issues at work. There's issue with coworkers. There's issue with your children. And, and, and you've come. You would probably be able to take this and say, oh, pastor, lend me the other mic and, and let me finish. You want to talk about weight. You want to talk about how, how the burden. You want to, I can tell you of what the burden is all about. If you only knew what it cost me to get here. But you ought to thank God today. That despite the burden that you carry and you have been carrying, it, you, you, the power of God and the calling of God is greater than the weight you carry, than the burden you carry. Because others couldn't make it, but with all what you've been dealing with, you were still able to get out of bed, leave your house, get in the car, and get here to give God some praise. And for some of you, that praise is a sacrifice of praise because it cost you to get here. There's issues unresolved. There's things that you're dealing with right now but even with that God I give you praise God I believe you God I know that you have the power to deliver me from this it's, it's something that Jesus is trying to teach us here we can't just give up oh and I'm preaching to myself trust me we deal with about a thousand people with all three services and children trust me I'm preaching to myself I'd like to go and say, oh, you know what? I know what church you would fit in. <laughs> Here's my letter of recommendation. Here's, I mean, you don't, have, you don't even have to say, you don't even have to ask me for a church. I'm telling you what church to go to. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm being honest with you. I deal with, you deal with the same things in your life. That you're up to here and you're done. When Jesus said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Can you imagine hearing that voice and you've got 90 pounds of burden on you? He says, Lazarus, come out. Come out. He says, come out. The reason sometimes the enemy is confused, even though he's giving you all, all the weight on you and all the burden on you, he's confused because you heard him call you today. You heard Jesus called you today. For some of you, this service is basically, it's a Sunday, and my conscience is going to bother me if I don't go to church. But there's a lot more of us here that has nothing to do with conscience, but has everything to do with our relationship with Jesus Christ. That when he called you this morning, you said, if I can go, if I can respond, and you responded to that call in spite of the battles 
in spite of the burdens, in spite of all the drama that you've been dealing with, when you heard him call, you were able to respond because his voice is greater than the burden that you carry. And Lazarus responded to that. We had been up to Mary. I love that story because when you read to Mary, it says that when Jesus showed up, Mary stayed home. Read the whole story. When Jesus, chapter 11, says when Jesus showed up, it says Martha came to meet Jesus. The dialogue we're having here was with Martha, not with Mary. Where's Mary? Remember Mary? She's the one that's always at the feet of Jesus. Hello? Remember Mary? That, that, that when Martha says, hey, I'm doing all the work over here. And she's just sitting there and Jesus says, oh, Martha, by the way, this is the best part to be at my feet. Huh? But now that Lazarus is dead, Jesus shows up. Where's Mary? Read it. It says, Martha came to meet Jesus, but Mary stayed home. What happened to her faith? What happened to all the spiritual gusto? Huh? Where, where, where's Mary now? Huh? You know what I'm talking about because you've been in some services where you've got to move everybody, even move the chairs back because you've got a Mary in there that needs the whole altar to worship God. And, oh. and then you find out that they took her car away <laughs> and she ain't getting on the metro. Mary stayed home. Look at me, don't look at the person next to you. <laughs> okay, look at the person next to you and tell them, I, I better see you next Sunday. <laughs> Read the story. Martha stayed home. She's she done. Ain't got nothing to say. I mean, she, nothing. And the only time she comes to talk to Jesus is when Jesus finally tells Martha, go tell G Mary, I want to see her. Oh, you want to talk to me? You want to talk to me Now? I done sent you a letter to come pray for my, my brother so that you could heal him. The dude is dead. You don't even text me. You don't even send me a Facebook. I'm praying for you. You don't even Instagram, hey, you know, my condolences, nothing. Now you show up four days later. Four, four days later, for real, for real. And now you want, I got something to tell you. I got, I got something to tell you. You want to talk to me. You know what I'm talking about. Some of y'all come to church like that too. Okay, God, now, now me and you are going to have it out here. You know, okay, fine. You want to come work in my house? I'm going to your house, and we're going to talk this thing out. Come to this altar, and I'm sorry, Lord Jesus. <laughs> but Jesus ignores Martha's issues. He says, I can do something. I didn't come all the way over here, even though it's been four days later. I didn't come over here just to cry. I came to do something about this. I can do something about this. I have the power of God to do something about this. And I'm determined to do something about this. And he calls out, Lazarus, come out. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. Come out. Sometimes that's what we need to hear from God. Come out. I know the enemy tells you that it's too late. I, I know that you have friends that tell you that it's too late. I know that you have parents that have said 
yeah, it's too late for any change for him. to. I, I know you've had all kinds of people around you saying it's too late, but you've got to understand that there is still someone when nobody believes in you, when nobody is wanting to trust again in you, there's still someone that still trusts you in spite of your dead spiritual situation. And he is saying, come out. He is the resurrection and he is the life and he can bring life to your situation once again. Let me, let me close with this. I'm in John 11:44. The Bible says that the man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him, let him go. I, I want to imagine that when Jesus spoke out, Lazarus, come out. When you think about it, you got 90 pounds of linen around you. You know, I, I think when he responded to that voice, I, I think Lazarus like came out like this. And I'm wanting to believe that every time he's jumping, the, 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 the wrapping on his, on his head is starting to unravel, unravel. I, I think that as, as you learn to trust God and you learn to praise God and, and you learn to lift your hands and you learn to clap your hands and you learn sometimes just in place, like I believe you begin to loosen the, the, the things that have had you burdened and the doubts and the fears begin to go away as you begin to praise God all that unravels, comes apart, the stress leaves, the anxiety leaves, the depression leaves the resentment leaves, the sadness goes as you continue to praise God and glorify God, I believe it's time for some of you just to raise your hands and begin to loosen those things that have brought you down this week so that you wouldn't be here but you thank God that God called you and called you out. I want musicians would you please come. I, want, I, don't, I don't want you to forget the miracle of all of this. Remember the only reason Mary doesn't want Jesus to remove the stone is because he stinks. The only doubt, I don't want to deal with his issues. I don't want to deal with his stuff. I don't want to deal with his drama. The dude stinks. It's a done deal. It's a dead case. I'm, I'm over. Don't even go there. I don't want you to miss the miracle because that's what she's saying. When Jesus says, move the stone, she says, ah, no. Don't lose the miracle. When Jesus calls out Lazarus, before I forget, I said that he comes out. Jumping, that's the way I think it is, and it starts unraveling. But then the Bible says, take off the grave clothes and loosen him. Let him go. It's a, a twofold effort. Listen to me. There are some things that you can do for yourself, and you have to do for yourself. But there are some other things that you can't do by yourself that you need somebody else to help you with. And the problem that we have is that we come by ourselves and ask Jesus to forgive us and ask Jesus to help us and ask Jesus to, to be the Lord of our lives. And, and that's good. But you still have some grave clothes on you that you cannot take off by yourself where Jesus says, take the grave clothes off and let him go. That's called discipleship. I said that's called discipleship. 
That's called getting in plugged in to, to, to a Bible study and, and, and allowing other people to help you deal with some of those issues that still got to come off that you can't do by yourself. We need each other. That's why coming to church is important. Not just so that you could face me and listen to what I got to say and get into worship, but that even after the service you can communicate and begin to know one another and understand and, and learn of how God did a miracle in your life and how God brought you out of what he brought you out. And you begin to see the power of God in a bigger dimension than just what he did for you. But don't miss the miracle. When Lazarus came out, he didn't stink anymore. He didn't stink anymore. When Jesus said, come out, he came out. But the whole issue with Martha was, he stinks. He didn't stink anymore. And you ought to thank God that, that when he called you out from where you were, that, that, that you didn't stink anymore. You did, didn't stink anymore of alcohol because of all the alcohol you drank for so many years that when Jesus saved you and called you out you, you don't you don't stink drugs anymore after so many years that you used to inject drugs in you and inhale it you ought to thank God that you don't stink anymore of the cigarettes and nicotine that for years you smoked a pack a day yet when Jesus called you out you don't stink anymore somebody ought to thank God that you don't smell what you used to do you don't smell from where you were dead in your sins you don't smell that way anymore is there anybody that could stand to their feet this afternoon and just say I thank you Jesus I thank you that you didn't give up on me I thank you. Would you just thank him for a moment? Say, I thank you. As they sing the song, I want to encourage you to come. 